We now join the Apostle and Prophet Ministry with Pastor Ron Boyd coming to you from Dunbar Township. Come and listen in to a radio station where the mighty hosts of heaven sing. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. If you want to hear the songs of Zion coming from the land of endless spring, get in touch with God. Turn your radio on. Well, praise the Lord, everybody. This is Brother Ronnie Boyd coming to you again today with the Apostle and Prophet Ministry. And today I want to sort of remember my brother Bob, who passed away on the 4th and uh, of February here. And uh, just remember his life, the early part of his life, and uh, the things that he did. And so um, just stay tuned. We've got some good things coming up today. I want to talk about the early part of Bob's life and even before he was born. 1945, we know that the war had ended, World War II. A lot of the men was coming home and trying to get their lives back together, get back with their families and some was coming home looking for a job, and others maybe had a job to come to. Well, my dad come home. After he was home for a while, he uh, got on at a brickyard uh, out by Darlington, Pennsylvania. And that brickyard had an apartment house. And if you worked there, you could live there. So that's where we was living, and he was working at that brickyard. Well, at this point, my mom had already heard about this great salvation, repented, had gotten baptized uh, just a few years prior to that, and got filled with the Holy Ghost. But while we was living there at that place, it was too far for her to get into the church where she had uh, heard about this great salvation. So she didn't get to go to church very much for a little while, and uh, but that didn't change the fact that uh, she never changed her mind about the salvation, and she wanted to go to church whenever she could. So as time went on, she became pregnant while we was there. How long we lived there, I'm not just sure, but it seemed to me like it was well over a year and uh, maybe longer. And my dad worked there. So uh, she became pregnant. She was carrying Bob. Then Bob was born in July of 47, and when he was born, <clears throat> they found that actually they declared him legally blind. And he had a deficiency in his eyes. And that seemed to bother my dad quite a bit. My dad wasn't saved yet. But I noticed after Bob was born, wasn't too long, he quit that job. We moved back in around East Liverpool. My mom was able to go back to church, even though my dad wasn't gone just yet. But 
I could tell a difference in my dad from the time that Bob was born. And I truly believe that was because of Bob's eyes that really got my dad's attention. So it wasn't too long after we had moved back into around East Liverpool. And my dad began to work on the house that he had purchased from my granddad. And uh, didn't say too much. You could tell, at least I could anyway, I could tell a change in my dad. And it took a little while. But uh, finally, I remember him coming in, picking Bob up one day, and he was holding him up, looking at him, and Bob's eyes started moving back and forth as if he was trying to get focused on my dad. My dad told my mother, he said, Rose, he said, he can see. Well, they took him to Columbus, they took him to Specialists, and they all said the same thing. They, nothing they could do for his eyes, they just hadn't developed. And, uh, but my dad knew one thing, Bob could see. Well, it turned out that he could. Maybe he didn't have 20-20 vision, but at least he had vision he could see out of the one eye. And uh, so as time went on, wasn't too long after that, one night my dad decided to go to church. And uh, so he went to church. Next thing I know, he had repented. He got baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And one night he had come to church and he had invited a friend the friend was sitting in the back of the church. My dad, after he got started the church, he wanted to witness to everybody. Well, his friend was sitting back there, and that's the night my dad was filled with the Holy Ghost. And he began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave utterance. All of a sudden, that man walked up to our pastor, and he said, I understand what he's saying. He said, I can speak another language, a foreign language. And uh, we had no idea what my dad was saying, but... He did, and he would, my dad would say certain words, and he would interpret them to the pastor. Later on, when I learned more about the Word of God, I wasn't very old then, I found out that Bible said tongues was a sign to convince the unbeliever. And uh, that's what happened that night. That man started coming, bringing his family to church. So that was a wonderful experience. And from that time on, my dad, my mother served God. Salvation had come to our home. And I've often said that was the greatest thing that ever happened in our life, the day that salvation came to our house. And then from that time on, uh, all of us children was uh, raised and taught the Word of God, heard the Word of God, taken to church. And I thank God for that. And I will say one thing for all my brothers and sisters. You could have asked any one of them from the eldest. I was the oldest. My brother Joe uh, Boyd is the youngest, and uh, him and Joanne, they was twins. But anyway, I asked any of them about this salvation. And I'll tell you what, they'd all tell you the same thing, because we was taught not only from our pastor, but from our parents. And we had prayer at the house back in those early days. And uh, uh, we was taught the Word of God and instructed in righteousness. So I look back over that, and I'm glad for that. And I, you know what? Some people have said, well, they gave up on God as soon as they got old enough. They wanted to get away from it. Uh, they were just uh, churched too much and things like that. I never felt that way. I thank God for the instruction and the teaching that we got as we grew up. Now, sometimes we did things we shouldn't, uh, made mistakes, as children do. But when, whenever that, uh, we had, our parents would talk to us, they would correct us 
and explained to us and things like that even after we was married. And uh, they never failed to always try to encourage us to do the right thing. And I thank God for my parents. Well, later on, as time went by, uh, Bob, you know, was getting older. And, yeah, he had problems seeing. He didn't get a very good education at all because in those days the schools didn't have the things that they have today to help somebody like that. So he was just sort of, because he couldn't see, uh, and the teachers would just sort of pass over him. Maybe they didn't mean to, but didn't take the time. They didn't have the time, I'll put it that way, to deal with him like that. So Bob didn't get much of an education. Now, that didn't mean he was dumb. And uh, one thing about Bob, he could hear. He could listen. And I'm telling you what, he became uh, very productive in uh, things like he could work on a, an engine. He could work on a car, uh, things like that. He, he just had a, an act for that. Well, he could have got a blind pension, but he chose not to. Bob's always been very, very independent, and he didn't want no blind pension. He wanted to work. He wanted to be like the rest of us boys, and, and he used to work with, with us at different times, helping us do things. And uh, so finally, uh, he had gotten a job as a janitor at the uh, East Liverpool High School. And he worked there a couple of years, from what I understand, and it's only working as a part-time employee, so he would not have had any benefits. There was a man that got elected to the school board, and he uh, I, I knew him. I had worked with him a little bit at Crucible Seal. But anyway, he uh, happened to find out that Bob wasn't on full-time. He'd been there a couple of years, but he was doing all the work, just like everybody else was doing. So he went before the school board and talked to him. He was on the school board and said, why isn't this man hired? They said, well, he could not read to pass the entrance exam. Well, he said, well, why can't you give it to him orally? So they did. And you know what? Bob passed it with no problem at all. Got on study and worked there his whole career until he retired. And when he retired, he was able to retire with a pension and uh, the benefits. So that pleased Bob. It made him feel, uh, you know, like he was taking care of himself, and he did. And uh, he had bought a house in East Liverpool there at one time, a little place, later on sold it, and then uh, many years later went to Florida after he'd retired. And because we had some of our relatives down there, brothers and sisters, and um, bought a house down there. So... <clears throat> Bob was always independent, took care of himself, and we could tell you so many stories, others too, uh, and uh, he just never wanted anybody, you know, to take care of him. He, he was uh, independent. He wanted to take care of himself, and he did. And I have so much respect for him because many people would have gladly gra gla uh, grabbed that pension, and, you know, and, and uh, used that. No, he didn't. He wanted to work. So I have a lot of respect for him and all of his brothers and sisters and people that knew him have a lot of respect for Bob. In the wintertime, he lived there in the east end of East Liverpool. And uh, the high school was about, I'm, I'm going to say, two mile away. And uh, he would get up in the mornings, even if it was cold. He, you know, he wanted, he felt 
important when he was working. He didn't want to miss. He'd walk all the way up to the high school if, if he couldn't get a ride. Now, sometimes he'd be working with somebody that would pick him up, but not always. But he didn't miss. He, he was there faithful to do his job. So I, these things make me really respect Bob, and uh, we're going to miss him. It almost breaks my heart to think that he's going. And uh, he's got younger. He was eight years younger than I was. And uh, I, I'm really going to miss him, and I know others will too. But there's a couple of things that stood out in the Word of God I'd like to mention about that. And uh, <clears throat> over in the uh, Second Timothy, and I thought about Bob. You know, he'd go faithfully to church, though. He was faithful. Wherever he was living, he was faithful to the church. And uh, he might not have been able to read everything, but he was able to hear. And that got into his heart and mind. And you'd ask him a question. He could also tell you the plan of salvation, what you had to do to be saved. He lived it and believed it. And here in Timothy, in the second chapter, in the third, I mean, second Timothy, the third chapter, in verse 14, the apostle Paul writes to Timothy. He said, but continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and has been assured of knowing of whom thou hast learned them. And from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. So Bob, maybe he couldn't read and study like other people. That did not mean that he didn't hear and he heard the word. And that word took place in his heart. He was faithful to the church. And uh, anybody that would ask him, he would tell you what you had to do if you wanted to get saved. And it brought something else to my mind in the Word of God. And that's found over here in the uh, book of Matthew. And uh, about the seventh chapter, Jesus said in verse 24, Therefore, whosoever heareth, these sayings of mine, and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. The rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. Bob's salvation was founded upon the rock, which was Jesus Christ. He never changed his mind. He never got caught up in some false way. But he always stayed faithful to the truth and to the church. And I admired that in him. And uh, we are so thankful that he did. Because whenever he passed away, he has a hope where other people pass away. Maybe they don't have that same hope. But Bob had a hope. He had a hope of eternal life. And uh, at this time, we're going to have a song. And it's from uh, Sister Jill hauler and uh sister jill also sang one of her songs that she wrote at uh, my brother's funeral and uh so i want you to hear this song victory cometh in the morning and uh, when i think about uh, bob and his experience victory cometh in the morning and i think now he passed out of this life but now he has eternal life to look forward to that's a wonderful wonderful thing.
something here from the first chapter of James, the book of James in verse 21. Therefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your souls. And I thought about the teaching that we got, like I say, Bob also, and uh, he heard it, he received it, he believed it, and it became engrafted in him like it did the rest of us. And that means it's part of you. And uh, then he said in verse 22, But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any man be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Then he goes on giving another warning. If any man among you seem to be religious and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is in vain. And you could have a conversation with my brother Bob, and he wasn't going to be cursing or swearing or nothing like that. He didn't do that. And I thank God that we had that teaching and that we had that upbringing. Then James goes on and said, Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is to visit the fatherless, the widows in their affliction, and to keep himself unspotted from the world. And I will say for my brother, I never ever knew of him going out, getting with anybody and going to a beer joint or doing things like that. Never smoked, never did none of those things. Keeping himself unspotted from the world. And that's something we all have to do if we want to be saved. So his victory came, and uh, it might have seemed like a tragedy to us, broke our hearts, we didn't want to see him go. But on the other hand, he went before God, and he had lived the life, he had obeyed the gospel, so he has something to look forward to, eternal life. That's a wonderful thing. Others who, you know, made excuses and chose not to live for God, even if some of them even was brought up in the church. As soon as they was old enough, they got out of there and wanted to do their thing. I remember talking to one young man, and, well, he'd, not, he'd be close to my age. But anyway, this is years ago, and uh, I met him at a restaurant, and I remembered him in church. And I said, yeah, you know, you ought to get back in church. And he made a statement which really bothered me. He said, why? God never did nothing for me. To make a statement like that, didn't they hear anything? Didn't they read anything? Didn't they know anything? And uh, when you think about how sin, how terrible, terrible sin is, and the price that Jesus had to pay that we could have forgiveness, that was a terrible, terrible price. I've many times tried to meditate upon what it would be like to think that I was facing that, the beatings and the mocking and everything he went through then to be spiked to a, a cross 
and hang there. And, oh, you know, when you really begin to think about the tragedy, how terrible it was. And that's the price, though, that he had to pay for my sin. And shouldn't I want to live for him? And shouldn't I want to appreciate what he's done to say he never done nothing for me? He did that for me and every individual that will accept his salvation. When I think about that, oh, sin is a terrible, terrible thing. And uh, But uh, I do thank God for another thing. I wanted to add this to my story. After that, my dad got saved. He was certainly a witness. Every place he went, he was telling somebody about this great salvation. At work, wherever he went. Well, as time went by, one day God called him into the ministry. And, uh, uh, and helped a lot of souls and brought a lot of souls in and uh, for salvation. And I think about that. And it all goes back my mind to whenever Bob was born, how that my dad, something about Bob's eyes, I believe it was. This is what I believe because this is what I remember that bothered my dad so much, got him to thinking, changed his life. He got into church. He got saved. And I think that uh, it was because of Bob's problem that God made a way for Bob, took care of him all the days of his life and let him get a job, let him provide for himself and do the things that he wanted to do. He didn't want to be dependent upon nobody. He wanted to be free and he wanted to take care of himself. So I thought I'd just tell that story today the way that I remember it. And if others you know, see things differently, all I know is I, I was the oldest child, and I do remember those things. So I thank God today for this great salvation that God has provided and the day that it came to our house. Listening to the Apostle and Prophet Ministry with Pastor Ron Boyd inviting you to join him again next Sunday morning at 8.30 on WMBS.